Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Paul Jones Drug Tuesday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. I'm sure everybody woke up and kind of went, what? What's going on out here? There's a stuff falling from the sky. Good, uh, good solid rain. I think it's going to continue for the next couple of days on and off through like uh, Thursday and then maybe cool down and then warm up. It's kind of that fall. You never know exactly what we're going to get. Instead of it just being like... I know what you get. Why can't it just be 65 every day? I woke up and I and I got like a stuffed ear and my <laughs> nose is running. So that's what I got. For what? I don't know. Something sudden change in the weather. guess that's what it did. I don't know. Like I keep... I like that feeling in my right ear canal. feels like I need to like pop it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's like stuffed up. Hmm. Almost to the point there's a ringing. That normally doesn't start until it like goes from 80 to 40 to 80 to 40. We really didn't have that number just yet. Not really. And then in my nose, <clears throat> I took an allergy pill this morning, a 24-hour allergy pill. Hopefully that helps it out. You and Jimmy on the allergy pills. Jimmy has to take the allergy pills? Yeah, he takes them daily, though. Uh, I, no. Well, I understand why he would have to. He's out in the field all the He's time. A, and Well... I mean, come on. And he's like 68 years old. Yeah. He's an old man. Yeah. Hey, you know what happened 36 years ago today? 36 years ago would be 1980. Is that eight? What is that? What happened 36 years ago? The first ever night game was played at Owen Field. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a that's a trivia question. I don't think I would have ever answered. Number one, Oklahoma defeated Colorado twenty four to six under the lights, despite fumbling nine times. And I wonder how many people back then said we should be playing at night. Well, if I remember, just right, like the same people are saying, why are we playing eleven a.m. games? I think they had to bring in light. There was no permanent lighting at Owen Field oh, wow. at the time. Wow, pretty sure they brought in lights for this extravaganza. Then, of course, they saw that it worked, and, you know, the rest is history. And now they get to turn them on at 11 a.m. every week for the for the <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma games now. Yeah. All right, coming up on the show today. Oh, good. What's that? A little story just popped up. I'm going to try to avoid this one, but it's uh, Megan Rapino. Guess who she's man- uh, raising money for? Um, I... I don't think I even want to know. I got an, an idea, though. Who? Gaza? Following the Hamas? You, you think that Megan Rapino realizes that if she lived in Gaza, they would kill her? Uh, they would, yeah. Because of her lifestyle? No, she's not a very smart person. Nah. Anyhow, that no. just kind of popped up. All right, coming up on the show today, college football. Man, is there drama in Hollywood. Did you see what happened yesterday? Man, uh, 
someone called in sick yeah you know, to work remember what happened last time there was a sick call yeah <laughs> <coughs> he was very mysterious on the bye week what what'd you do oh no. didn't, didn't really didn't yeah yeah lots of drama with lincoln caleb we'll talk about that speaking of drama man this michigan stuff is heating up I've been following it loosely. There's just more and more things coming out more daily, and more smoke almost. Here, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. Receipts of buying tickets to different Big Ten games. Buying tickets on both sides of the stadium. Wonder why you'd do that. Man, there were tickets. There were tickets purchased to last week's Ohio State Penn State game on both sides of the stadium. Oh wow. Now he didn't go because he got suspended. Well, he, got, this, he got caught. Yeah, because this all came out. Does it? I mean, can we just think about what was happening just you know two and a half years ago? Which is kind of the timeline of when maybe this started. What was the narrative? That. Harbaugh could not beat Ohio State. Couldn't win a big game. Couldn't win the Big Ten. Couldn't, couldn't win, beat Ohio State. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like, hmm. And then now you see videos, you see pictures <clears throat> during games of this individual in the ear of the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator at different times, you know, just standing right there by him. Wonder why you'd do that if he wasn't doing this. I mean, I'll, I'm all for stealing signs, but apparently that's not they, – they're on – this guy is on surveillance video in Big Ten stadiums filming the coaches for the other teams during games. And it's during games. Right. Not looking good for Michigan. Not, not looking good. Was Iowa robbed? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I've watched that over and over again, that <clears throat> alleged fair catch call. At any point, did you think it was he was calling for a fair catch? Watching it live and without any, without any reference of what happened, no. I thought he was pointing out blockers. I think you slightly see his right hand go up, but I don't think that was a fair catch call. Well, I think anyone who's watched above his foot, head. football enough would know. <clears throat> you got to be pretty clear, you know. Anyways. Yeah, and what's crazy is the way the that the review transpired. Not for that. That's not why they reviewed the play. We'll have our college football top tens. Man, speaking of officials, tough week in the NFL for the officials. Just some blatant misses. Boy, the Rams. Talk about a tough deal there. Did you see that at the end? No. We'll talk about that. The Rams, Miami, Cleveland. Actually, I guess, yeah, Cleveland all really took the short end. Hey, at what point do we start to to question Justin Herbert? Yeah, at what point yeah. is it fair to question Justin Herbert? Um, big topic now is the tush push. Do you have a problem with it? What's the best division in football? I know we had our opinions before the season. I know my opinion is going to change. Uh, since we've seen what seven or eight games, and then our top fives in the NFL. And then 
as bad as I hate to, we're going to let you loose at the top of the show to discuss the Rangers being in the World Series. Against my better oh, judgment. I'm sorry that they won. <laughs> Against my better judgment. I'm sorry we're gonna that have I to was do it. right. We're going to have to I'm going to give it up to myself. I'm it. sorry. We're going to have to let you do it here at the top of the show. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225 225- Nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show: log on to kadsam.com or download the app. The app has got it all. <clears throat> it's got radio. It's got the Penny News, brand new edition of that Penny News. It'll hit the website tonight at midnight. Thepennynews.com. Big L and Paragon TV back on the airs Friday night for high school football, and of course the Skinny on Sports podcast. Miss the show entirely and go ahead and check that out anywhere where you find podcasts. How are you today, Jared? I'm very good, despite the whole allergy thing. All right, so last night, Game 7 of the American League Championship Series, and from almost the first pitch, the Rangers took control. Three-run first inning. And just continued to score runs. I don't know. We, there's lots to unpack. But for me, and I thought John Smoltz pointed this out tremendously throughout the broadcast. In a game seven, normally the more aggressive team wins. And I think that's exactly what the Texas Rangers were last night at the plate uh, against Javier, who had been almost unhittable in the playoffs. They just jumped all over. I mean, you could – like the Seager home run, man, he was sitting dead red on that pitch ready to blast it. Stealing bases. You know, it just felt like to me the Rangers were the more aggressive team, were the more confident team, which is shocking considering where these – what these two teams have actually accomplished kind of in their careers or what have you. But the Rangers took it right to the Astros, and the Astros just never really found any footing. Uh, to me, I think <clears throat> maybe the biggest play of the game was in the bottom of the first inning. First and third, two, one out. And Scherzer cooks that double play. Uh, I think it was, was it Brantley? Yeah, I think it was Brantley that hit it to the double play. And to that point, they you know Houston had been hitting they hit Scherzer hard the whole time. But that play right there kind of snuffed out the crowd, and then you know, Texas comes back and ends up you know, adding runs. And you know, I think what it was four two at one point after Bregman hit the home run, and then bam, four runs, and it's eight two, and that's kind of Cyanar. So, uh, what what kind of tell us what you thought about what you saw last night in uh, Game Seven? I love the aggressive <clears throat> nature of it. I've always been a fan of being aggressive at the plate, getting on top early. And being aggressive base running, and it played in perfectly there in the early parts of that game that that produced those runs. Uh, the storyline is awesome with Garcia. Uh, if you didn't know his story, you heard it probably more than once last night about how how his journey to the Rangers through the uh, the Cardinals and even the Rangers tried to get rid of him, and nobody wanted him. And then there he is, the MVP last night, just smashing the ball and. Um, kind of embracing that villainous role that Houston has placed on him. And, uh, awesome, awesome. Uh, I mean, I was euphoric last night just watching it. And, um, I lo- again, I love the approach. And 
everything that that uh, Chris Young has done and building the team two years ago and getting Bochi a veteran guy to getting him to come out of retirement who just does not lose game sevens gets you know Scherzer doing you know and I love Scherzer after the game and you know he's like oh yeah just you know it's good to bring in Jordy and and he wasn't it's like it's all about a team thing a team effort and he was uh, happy with it and just awesome just an awesome feeling I mean I was it was awesome for me personally with my my youngest kid couldn't make it she fell asleep but my oldest Katie and when they won the game I realized these girls were not alive the last time back in 11 when they went to the World Series now my girls get to watch my favorite team in the World Series and that was just big for me and I mean I'm hugging her and she's like well what's going on what's what's wrong why you it's like because I want you to see this I want you to be a part of this and to see this and very special for Ranger fans um and it makes you wonder about the Astros. Is this it? I mean, is it? Is it, does Dusty Baker come back? There's been kind of that floated up in the air. You know, what's the structure of the team going to look like? How's it, Altuve peaked? Will he continue to, to be Mister October in Houston? Or yeah, it didn't seem like that was going anywhere. No, he was not. He was not going away without a fight. Him, him, and Alvarez and uh, Bregman were going nowhere. No, so. That's that's the question, and I certainly hope the Rangers this isn't like a flash in the pan. Let's hope that they can, you know, despite what happens in the World Series, I hope they just continue to compete at a high level. And if that's the case, and if the Astros aren't going anywhere, I mean, expect more of this, right? Just every series throughout the summers and and hopefully into the postseason, because that was a lot of fun. I mean, you got the bench clearing. The series had a little bit of everything. Not one home team won a game. Absolutely nuts, and yeah. I and I love it. I love the rivalries like this, especially in postseason baseball. I love uh, Boston and New York when it's in postseason. I it, that's, I mean, who doesn't get excited for that? Even who, even if you're not rooting for anybody, just to turn it on and watch that rivalry. This kind of has like it's kind of turned like it's like the Texas version of that. It's the Midwest version of that of of uh, that kind of rivalry. Uh, so I certainly hope that both organizations are still top level yeah you know <clears throat> as cool as yankees red sox was for for years i think this is this would be even neater just because it's right here yeah yeah in, yeah. in the center of, yeah. of america yeah uh does it because i mean we got astros fans here we got in ranger fans mm-hmm. intertwined in this region you know not maybe not so much like boston and new york in this area right you got some of those diehards but oh uh, no you don't have very many diehards you got a bunch of front runners that's the difference in this is you're if you're a ranger and an astro fan you were a fan you know you don't You've just you don't really you... just you don't really just pick up the astros as they're winning right you know what you, i'm saying and you, you don't pick fruit, up the rangers yeah. as they're winning yeah you, especially here you kind of were there already whereas it's pretty easy just to fall into the red sox yankees trap or you know the, glad you said that there's it's there's, not there's not a bunch of day one i know a couple anyhow. i know a couple there, there are some but i know a couple a majority a good of friend of mine's a big boston fan and he's been since <clears throat> forever but I mean, but a he's majority gone are to boston to watch a game right. he's been to fenway but i also have a friend I'm not naming names, but suddenly he's not so big of a Yankee fan anymore. Yeah, it's weird know? how that happens. And he's suddenly not a big New England fan anymore. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. How, how can you, you root for the Yankees and New England Patriots? I don't know. That seems that doesn't seem right. I have no clue. I, I don't know. It just, I can tell you how because you so don't really funny. have a team. You just root for whoever's winning. <laughs> yeah, Will's right. I got a, He's got a friend that jumped into the Milwaukee Brewers trap. <laughs> <laughs> the trap. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it's another disgruntled Cub fan that can't win the NL Central. Make the playoffs. I get it, Will. It's, it's hard to be a Cubbies fan. And, I, and that's really more true than I'm even letting on because of the tortured past of those guys. Mm. But, <clears throat> but that is what makes it fun. Like, you know, when the Cubs, you know, you see some of that happen. Oh, yeah, go Cubs. Well, guess what? I know that Will and Mickey are Cub fans. That's all I got. You know, you know, I don't care yeah. about the rest of some of y'all on Facebook or this and that. Uh, I'm going to be happy for those two. You know, just like, you know, thinking about the Rangers. All right, I know you're a fan. I know Ham is a fan of the Rangers for sure. Yep. So, way to go. How did it happen? How did this happen? I mean, I, I ask you, I think maybe after the Tampa series ended – like in your wildest dreams, your wildest optimistic dreams of a season, what could that look like? And the World Series certainly—I mean, you couldn't even bring—you couldn't bring yourself to that, right? Pre in, in the in the preseason, could you bring? Oh, no, your, oh, no, that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. In no. the preseason, could you have possibly brought yourself to a rangered up level enough to go? Golly, if this happens, we can be in the World Series. Of course not. No, I'm real. I'm realistic. I, I like a playoff bird, the wild card. Well, I think that's what I said a few weeks yeah. ago. That was my expectation: just compete for a playoff spot. And they certainly did that. And obviously, you know, and when you get to playoffs, that's everybody's dream. You know, it's like you just you just give yourself a chance. That's that's why playoffs are so fun. If everybody has like ripe the wet records clean, it's zero and zero. Everybody has a shot. Now, when the playoffs started, I thought, okay, like you know, as it went on. You know, getting the two wins in Tampa, getting the going to uh, Baltimore and getting the wins. You know, sweeping them, and I think how it played out for me, it got more realistic with the pitching because they got great starts and they barely had to tap into the bullpen. And of course, the hitting was there. I mean, if the hitting wasn't there, and you saw what you got, but uh, the pitching was there. And and um, like last night, I was kind of had back my mind. Okay, it's time for a breakout game with the bats. It's time. It's it, it's been kind of lull, you know, even you know, game five and and so forth. So it's kind of time, and then it happened. So the bats have that have that ability to give you ten runs a game, but the pitching for me when I started really, now to answer your question, I was not in April looking for hotels in October. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing that. I was just like I said, just be better than what you have been the past two years. It's been embarrassing, and and there's no reason they shouldn't. They got Degrom. They uh, Seager and Simeon, and, and the team is built to win now. That was the idea in the offseason. You could see it. So I thought, be better, compete for maybe a wild card spot. And they competed for the AL West the entire year. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's they amazing. they exceeded my expectations. I mean, 101 losses two years ago, 94 last year. I mean, and, and what's nuts is when they went out and got Seager and Simeon, what, two summers ago, everybody thought they were crazy. Like, what in the hell are you doing? But then that you know, then last summer added pitching, tried to anyway. Well, they tried, didn't necessarily work. But then even at the trade deadline, you looked at the, fir- the first two dudes that were on the hill last night were the guys they got at the trade deadline with was, Scherzer and Montgomery. And that was funny when the trade deadline happened and everyone was going crazy about Scherzer. They also got Montgomery on the same day, and you start hearing people who really knew baseball or knows baseball saying, "Hey, that Montgomery pick might pick up might be." 
bigger than Scherzer. You know, it might be. Watch that kid. That kid's a good pitcher too. They just added two new guy, two really good guys. It turned out Montgomery has been the bigger pitcher, obviously because of injury to Scherzer, but he's been the bigger pitcher in the postseason. I think it's amazing what they've done. You talked about leading BL uh, virtually from the very beginning. They've they've they had that division lead until they didn't on the last day of the season, and for them to to change everything to to kind of flip the script after essentially choking the the division off over the last week to to just kind of flush that and start anew at in Tampa a team that won 99 games and was you know red hot off the off the bat and then fizzled just a little bit but whatever still one of the best teams in baseball in the regular season to flip that around and now all of a sudden end up in the World Series that's that's amazing and i think people wonder okay what you know what do the managers actually do you know I, you see sometimes here and there a move in a game. It's questioned or it's a lot. It's lauded. You know, Bochy doesn't really. He just kind of writes. Here's his guys, man. Here we are. And but I but I think you got to give him some credit. The players, all, every, the whole organization, really, for being able to wipe that disappointment away because you know they in their minds they were coming back to Arlington hanging out for a few days, getting some rest before they had to start a division series, and bam, that's flipped on its head. And now you're in Tampa fighting for your life. And for and for them to to be able to, on one flight from Seattle to Tampa, change the mojo of that team is incredible. They, they deserve amazing amount of respect and credit for that. Bochi, what he brings to the, to the clubhouse – Obviously, a lot of respect. I think all those players, when you get a guy that's done it, been there, done that guy, and he has this calming presence about him, doesn't panic. But, you know, very uh, – uh, from what I've seen, you know, there's been slight lineup changes, moving guys around in the hitting lineup. Uh, you know, he and, and no one questions him. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think another big acquisition in coaching was Mike Maddox, getting him back. Uh, the pitching coach for the Rangers. Well, and I don't think you know there was a huge series. What was it in August, or early September, when Houston was swept? When Houston swept Texas. Oh, within with like no resistance either. And what happened the very next day? The very next day after that sweep, Evan Carter mm. came to the big club. Absolutely. And that that has to be pointed out as well for for part of the the resurgence, not resurgence, because they were never out of the playoffs. Well, there was times where they were behind Toronto. Oh, you know, there oh, was well, times well. where when Seattle got hot, and they're yeah. you know, in a, a day here, a day there, where if the season ended, the Rangers weren't even in the playoffs, weren't even in the wild card. I think the I think bringing Evan Carter up when they did has to at least be pointed out, <clears throat> but. The the trends all favored the Rangers going into the game last night. The historical trends, and they all held up. Well, you we mentioned Bochi and Bochi and, and and Dusty Baker. Yep, Bochi had never lost a game seven. Dusty's never won one. Still hasn't. And then also, there's still never been a team to make it to the World Series that had a losing record at home. And that continued last night. Houston was thirty nine and forty two in the regular season at home, 
and that golly, they started giving out the stats there uh, in, in the really about the time the Rangers started taking the lead about how futile it's been at home <clears throat> down the stretch for Houston. I think last night was what their twenty second loss in the last thirty one there. That, that is astounding. It just doesn't make any sense, that right? Not. So let me ask: you, Did it boil? That did last night simply boil down? I, because these two guys, one on each side, who have been so dynamic and so successful in the playoffs, weren't. But did it come down to the fact that Corey Seager figured out how to hit, and Kyle Tucker never did? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I I can see that. I don't think it can be overstated how much I think it helped the Rangers not just scoring three in the first inning, that Seeger was part of it because of how much he had struggled in absolutely. the ALCS. Absolutely. You know, to get, oh, hey, there's our guy again. We can, oh, he just rocked him. Yeah. Here we go. I don't think that could be overstated. Uh, because of kind of how he is, I think you, know, you listen to him after the game. He seems like such a laid back, super dude, and and really that seems like well, all the Rangers but one are like that, and that one is completely not like that. Like Garcia, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of those guys isn't like the other, but he, he love, has fun doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, he channeled that energy, that negative energy that was rained upon him by the Houston fans. And I get that sports, I get it. It's like he channeled it to, for the good. Yeah, he's he, too much for me. You know? I mean, I would be so pissed if I was his teammate in the first inning of Game 7 and he rips one off the wall, stands there, and only gets a single. Now, he did still second, so it, it basically ended up being all for naught. But still. I wasn't mad. You know why? Because I looked at my kids and said, don't ever do that. <laughs> That's a teaching you moment. see that? He used to be on second base right now. <laughs> Which, do honestly, that. he hit it so hard, and the ball came right back to Brantley. I don't think he would have been at second. I know. <laughs> I, I think know. it was the a way, single anyway. The way it popped but, off that wall, yeah. But still, it was just like, holy cow. What I thought it was foul, the way he stood. I what? thought, oh, it's going foul. But it, oh, I the, thought it was the, for the sure a home run. The camera angle, I was like, oh, that's going out. That's good. I was like, oh, get up, get up, get up. Yeah. And yeah, then I yeah I used a lot. That's also fun with my kids are watching. You know why Garcia? My kid, my youngest kid, James, right fielder. Mm-hmm. She thinks I'm only in right field because I'm blah. I should be in the infield, but they just stick me out here in right field. Nothing happens in right field. How many balls were hit? A bunch. To Garcia it's funny you say time? that because it, 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 both sides. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like the right fielders were running around. I mean, how many? Tucker had about three chances to rob a home run. It felt like. Oh man, that guy can get. It. I mean, how many times has Dude, he? That one yeah. hit his glove. I yeah, couldn't he believe hit the tip of his glove. But I told James, I said, "Look, he's a right fielder. That's the guy who's hitting all these home runs. This right fielder in her eyes lit up. Yeah, you know oh. the MVP of the series. Oh, it's, yeah. She fell asleep. She didn't see that part. Yeah. But I so I as I I really really loved my kids watching that because I was doing that. I was like, see, this is why we do this. This is why we cut off. This mm-hmm. is why we. Run when we hit. We don't watch the ball. Yeah, don't watch. Quit watching the. <laughs> I know you're not worried about going out of the park, but still don't watch the ball. 
Well, I uh, we got kids who just hit the ball and they start jogging. I'm like, watch, don't watch yeah. the ball. Oh, I know. Read the first. We've all we <laughs> everyone's had that issue. Every single player that's ever played softball or baseball has done that. Yes. There's just no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so your home team, no matter what. No so matter. I who thought wins. if it was going to be Arizona, it was going to be. You had more wins in Arizona. Oh, that's the tiebreak. Yeah, that's the that's first tie. The only reason those series came in oh. is because every, all three teams had won ninety games. Houston, Texas, and Philly all won ninety. So that's why that series. Because hey, when they first said it, I thought, "Now wait a minute." We looked it up. He, Arizona beat Texas like three out of four. But then I remembered. It's wins first. Makes sense. Makes total sense. So Texas will be the home team four games in Arlington if it goes to seven in the World Series. Do you have can, a prep? Can we appeal rates? that? Do we? <laughs> well, as Ranger fans, I don't know if we want to be at home. And do you no. have a preference on opponent? Arizona. Really? Hundred percent. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Even though they've had their number, they have a winning record against the Rangers this year. Just Philly just seems like throwing a roll. Until yesterday. Yeah. Diamondbacks force. How about this? That is. Th- think back to after the first two games of these series. What would, how many, how much odds would you have given me that both went seven? Oh, not very good odds. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I know. I'd have got big time odds for making that bet. Oh, well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't have. Uh... It didn't look like seven game series to well, start. the way it started with Philly and you and, and the Rangers. They both started 2 0. No, I, I, but even that it's very rare. When's the last time we've seen? Ooh, I have to look that up. Yeah, game seven tonight in LCS. It's it's amazing how every game in the Rangers Houston series, it was like the home the the road team jumped out every single time, mm-hmm. and in the the crowd never even really got to get in it. You know, obviously the Garcia home run in game five was probably the pinnacle of that. As far as home team crowd rolling, and then Altuve just crushed that. Interesting. Very. Very, very interesting. Game seven tonight, and then we'll know. It starts Friday. Yeah, I'm going to be a little <laughs> distracted Friday during our broadcast. Do I need to Do I need to invite Ham up at halftime to talk about what girls' basketball season coming yeah, up? Let's, and let's then do that. A bunch of Ranger love instead, <laughs> not even mention the Yelkettes. Is that what needs to happen? Uh, Should we wait till the playoff game if y'all win? I just hope I don't nearly break my phone like I did last <laughs> Friday. <laughs> it's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll be back. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? The Skinny on Sports. That's what I'm talking about. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Hanging out here in studio on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you to Rodney Skinner and the gang down at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street right here in Elk City. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. They are the oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City. Free local delivery, drive through pickup, curbside testing, and vaccinations. You know, a bunch of people getting flu shots right about now. Yeah, I got one the other Go day. in there. 
Long-term care unit packaging. They call them the blister packs there at Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main. Give them a call, 225-2121. NFL week ended last night. Monday night football. Oh, there's football on last night? With the Minnesota Vikings defeating... The San Francisco 49ers. Minnesota now has won a couple of games in a row. All of a sudden shooting up those division standings at 3-4. and four, While the 49ers are now in a tie atop the NFC West, at least in the loss column with the Seattle Seahawks. Man, it was a tough week for the officials. So I referenced the Pittsburgh-Los Angeles Rams game. So the Steelers have the lead by a touchdown, 24 to 17. There are two minutes and 12 seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter. Pittsburgh has it fourth and one. They The two minutes and 12 seconds is going to be important here because they try the quarterback sneak. The officials give them a first down. It is a horrific spot. Everybody knows it's a terrible spot. They show the replay. It's not even close. It's like almost a yard short. And L.A. can do nothing about it. Because L.A. had exhausted their timeouts. And it and the play happened before the two-minute warning. Therefore, the automatic review did not kick in. And with that first down, Pittsburgh won the game. Go to Miami. You can say undisciplined, or you can say what was going on there. The Eagles went 31-17 and were not called for a single infraction the entire evening. There's video of a play on fourth down that uh, Cedric Wilson got his face mask grabbed by Bradbury. No call. And then in Cleveland Indy, did you see how that one ended? No. Dude, Minshew threw it into the freaking stand. No, no, no. It was Cleveland. Cleveland threw it into the stands. P.J. Walker. Literally, the ball almost landed in the stands. And the officials call pass interference on the Colts. Whatever happened to uncatchable, uncatchable. Do- uh, uncatchable ball? Right. And it wasn't like right behind. Like wasn't like at the goalpost. It was like at the pylon, and it got into the stands. It was a rough week, and listen, I, I'm the last guy that wants a bunch of reviews because it slows the game down, but man, it seems like to start this season, and maybe this happens every year, it's just prisoner of the moment and, and you know the bias of now or whatever, but gosh, it seems like the, the officials are making a bunch of game-changing, game-altering calls, game-winning calls over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think when when one or two happen, the fan, us, we start to hyper-focus in on seeing more and more of them. But I, I think it's just kind of a coincidence thing. I mean, because they are human. They're trying to do their best. But there are some, like the, the, the pass interference. I think the problem is the wide receivers keep making these awesome well, that's, grabs. And that's like, a well, maybe great you could have caught that. Maybe you could have leaped up 10 feet and 
brought it down with two fingers. That's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, it, it is as, as much as kind of joke. But it's that's, un- uncatchable that's, for us, but not for these. Yeah, I mean, what does that mean when you see some of the stuff these guys are doing? When it lands in the stands, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, your point is really well taken and well made because there's no doubt that is the difference is what constitutes that when you see these incredible plays on a weekly basis. You know, I don't I don't know what you do about what happened to the Rams because they have, you know, they have to take the you can't save a timeout. The 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 clock, the time is way more valuable than having a timeout. Mm-hmm. And so it's in in uh, you know, the 2-minute rule, it just it, you you don't see that very often, but it does happen to where a play ends up like that. No, all our Aaron grievances. The number one thing that irritates me, and I don't say it a lot, but I see it a lot at every level, is when the ball is placed and then an official comes up, picks it up, and moves it one way or the other. I'm like, wait, it's placed. Stop moving it. It's already placed. Does that make sense? Is that that? It's like the little thing. For me, yeah, it's like why didn't you put it in the in the right spot? Yeah, the first why didn't time? you just get it right the first time instead of you know I I feel like in football and I could be way off if, if the ball is placed and hopefully we have an official that listens and might chime in and let us know if the ball is placed that hand comes off you can't move it leave it there that's where the the official put it but then they come up and they'll move it forward or backward like half a yard or not even that I'm like well, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Well, and it goes to the same, the argument that's really starting to get further out there is we have all this technology. Yeah. Why is why are why are we why why are we letting humans spot the football? Yeah. And same can be said about balls and strikes in baseball. We have all that technology. Why we haven't got? Why do we need a guy? I mean, we see play? it on the screen in baseball. Yeah, yeah. And it's being used in the the minor leagues. You know, Matt Holiday was on with Jim a couple of weeks ago. Talking about this very thing, with you know, they said they play six game series in the minor leagues. Three are with human umpires, and three are with that. And all you do, if you don't like the call, you just tap your helmet. You tap your helmet. It's that long. They look at it. Nope, that was a strike. Oh, no, it was a ball. I mean, it changes the count. However, you're trying to change the count. So two things. Did did he prefer one over the other? He actually didn't mind. He, he he couldn't believe he was saying it, but he actually didn't mind the the balls and strikes being the, called by the computer, basically. The robo umps. And yeah. so, second, if if it's called by the robots or whatever, it feels like that would speed up the game. Yeah, he definitely said that happens. Because pitch, boom, strike. I don't know. Well, you got and, and here's the deal: you still got an umpire there. Mm-hmm. It's just telling him what the call is. I was like buzzing in his ear. Exactly, or and then they yeah then. You know, you you as the as the viewer probably don't notice any different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if it buzzes, I thought it would be nobody back there. No, there's actually a guy back there, which makes sense because you've you got to you've got to call plays at the plate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's just and how for, many times have you seen like a foul ball or or not or even a pass ball and it would graze the umpire? I don't know. You want somebody there, but but it makes sense. Um, no, I don't know. The official thing in, in the NFL, it, I try to be more lenient of, like, they're humans. They're doing their best. We have the luxury at home to watch the slow motion replay instantly, see the 
the yellow line on the field and uh, well that's probably a good that's a first now you know we have all that luxury and i know they have the replay luxury and stuff but it, within rules within the confines of rules when they are able to use it but sometimes i think it's just Sometimes there's a week where just a lot of that stuff happens. Is it too is it too much to ask on the on the replay situation? It's supposed to be in it's supposed to be indisputable video evidence. Well, if that's the case, is it too much to ask then that if you can't see it in real time, you can't slow it down to make a change? If it's that obviously missed, you ought to be able to see it in real time. Is that you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, because it feels like as it slows down, you can make almost anything happen at that point. I mean, I always go back to that play in the overtime of Virginia Texas Tech and the NCAA finals a few years ago in the men's tournament. There's a play where the ball is slapped out of the hand, and it's one of the in the run of the game. It's Texas Tech's ball all day long. The ball just knocked out of your hand, out of bounds, throw it in. And they stop the game and they speed it, they, they slow it down to whatever frame for frame for frame. And you can like see it going off his his fingernail, mate, and they change the call. You know, that's not what that's designed for. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't yeah. believe that that's what that's designed for. I understand what you're saying. It, what, at what point do we start giving Justin Herbert a little flag? Uh, it should be coming, but the coach is going to get the axe first. That's I think that's what's saving him I, I, because I, I think he's not catching a bunch of flack because people are blaming everything on Staley mm-hmm. and that Staley's not putting him in the, in the best position and that he's the one holding Justin Herbert down. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Justin Herbert has lost more games since becoming the starting quarterback of the Chargers than anybody in the league, any starting quarterback in the league. His numbers at the end of games are brutal. Absolutely brutal for a guy that's that's thrown for as many yards and all that as he has. I mean, he's so bad that planted fan is just crying. <laughs> he's still crying right now. That's two weeks in a row now. In big moments, he's thrown picks mm-hmm. into the game against Dallas, and then the other day against uh, against the Chargers, a pick down on the goal line, and then another pick. Uh, it was over, but. But if it's Baker Mayfield, it's all or Baker. Do- he's so bad. He's or, not a quarterback. Or Dak Prescott. Exactly. Yeah, Herbert. It, it's getting the the bucks being passed to his coach first. It is. <clears throat> There's no doubt about that. And now that won't last. Quite frankly, it, might, it probably and, should. Well, if they fire him and go hire Lincoln Riley, and the same thing continues, then Lincoln Riley might get a pass this time. Could See be. what I'm saying? Yeah. Very well. What do you think about a lot of discussion about the tush push? Do you have a problem with yeah, it? Yeah, if it's within rules. It's within the rules, right? It's within the rules. And, like, and it's, I can't complain about it. They're not breaking a rule. As much as I would love to penalize Philly, and I would love to penalize Philly, it's not their fault that they have the right personnel to do it. Because everyone else is trying it, but everyone else doesn't have a quarterback that can squat a four billion pounds and just i heard jim talking about it yesterday there's there's times in the other night there was one play where jalen hurt's feet literally weren't on the ground he was just kind of crowd surfing to a first down but that doesn't happen all the time normally it's because he is so strong and you've got kelsey and you've got dickerson right there to just it works and and everybody's trying to emulate it and nobody can pull it off like the like the uh, eagles now Here's where I think it could change. 
where the rule where there could be a rule put in place for this not to be allowed. If it gets down to say four minutes left in the Super Bowl, and the and Philly is up three, and all they do is run the tush push for two or three yards a time and melt the clock, you, and I can see it happening. I mean, because it's not it's not like it only gets like a half a yard every time, just enough for a first down. No, 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 no. You could run it three times in a row and probably get a first down. Yeah. I, I cannot get upset with it because it's in the rules. And, and they're, I'm sure they're going to look at it and alter it and say you can't, a player can't aid another player, whatever it is. But for right now, I, I'm not mad at it. Well, I'm, not, st- I'm not upset with it. It reminds me of a time back in college, back in the old college days, back in the old dorm days where we played a lot of video game football, like Madden. And we had these leagues and stuff, and we had to play each other. And I would get a two-score lead, and I would sit on it and i would just go up to the huddle just wait play clock go down to one snap it and this guy got so mad at me so what are you doing i said what rule am i breaking mm-hmm. i'm not breaking a rule don't get mad at me I'm, I'm within the rules so i can't get mad at philly even though i want to i don't like philadelphia but they're not breaking a rule no they're not they're absolutely not breaking and if a rule. everyone else can do it they do it too they <laughs> everyone just, else they tries just so <laughs> happen to be doing. it reminds me also of when miami debuted the wildcat mm-hmm and we're people, like, whoa, what is this? He can't take a snap. What's going on here? And eventually people figured out how to stop that. Right. I, but here's the problem, at least for Philly. I don't know how you stop that. I just get bigger guys to push them back, I guess. I don't know. And, you know, somebody's going to figure it out. I mean, somebody's going to figure out, okay, they're going to run up to the line to do the tush push. There's going to be some other kind of variation of it on defense. Okay, then – Linebackers get in the gaps. Uh, safeties get up here and push back. I but don't they're know. Still all, they're, they're still or maybe the other also, way around. Get the safeties in there and get the linebackers. I don't know what's going There's still also that concern of what if they don't run it? Yeah. What if they just do something different? And that's when why we got football is fun. You that's got the right. cat and mouse guessing and coaches versus coach. That's why. It's I don't fun. know why it became legal again in 2005 because it used to be illegal to I do that. I thought it was. It was for a long time. Didn't USC back? But there? it was le- that was the first year it was back legal. It was 2005. Was it? I remember screaming. I didn't know it was legal at that the, time. I, I thought. I don't think anybody else that did is either. Illegal. You can't do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I don't think anybody else realized it was, but it turns out it did. it was. I wonder if they even knew it was. Probably not. <laughs> What's the best division of football? AFC North. I think so, too. But here's the sneaky one. And it goes down just a tick because of what happened last night. But NFC West is pretty darn good. The Rams are pretty good. 49ers are very good when they're all there. And the Seahawks are better than you realize. And you know what? You know who else isn't terrible for a bad team? The Cardinals. The Cardinals will fight you. Oh, yeah. But I agree. AFC North. We thought it was going to be the AFC East. Miami hasn't beaten a single good team. Now, they've been flashy, but they've beaten zero. Yeah. Buffalo's a humongous disappointment. The Jets don't have Rodgers, and New England's one of the worst teams in the league. That, that's not it. And then in the in the NFC East, the Giants and Commanders are awful. And the Cowboys may yeah, not what be a quite as good as they thought. gave us. Oh, they? my gosh. Yeah. Boy, Jonathan Allen's mad. See him? Mm-mm. He was dropping all kinds of F-bombs about tired of it. Anyway. I'm with you. I think it's AFC North. Give me your top five in the NFL. Uh, where's my list? There we go. I'll go. Uh, man, Miami's barely hanging on to my top five, but I still put them at five. But you're right. They haven't – if you look at their schedule, they have not played 
anybody. They haven't beaten anybody. They haven't beaten anybody. Mm-mm. And the two losses have come. I mean, so yeah. Uh, Drop San Francisco down to four. Uh, two losses in a row might be a little concerning. Baltimore's up to three, and this is where a lot of controversy. Kansas City two, and I put Philadelphia one. Philly bounced back from a loss, right? And they look good doing it against a pretty solid team. So I, uh, I think Philly's the best team right now. Barely edging out Kansas City. Kansas City is very good too. I didn't even have a fifth. I don't have any idea. That was hard for me. It really was. I I honestly, I didn't even write one down. I don't have any clue. Is I mean, by the time I had some faith in Detroit, good lord, did they get smoked? Buffalo, eh? The Dolphins, they haven't beaten anybody any good. Is it Seattle? I don't know. Seattle? I I think I'm gonna put Seattle. They are four and two, and I know they've beaten Detroit. Let's see here. They lost to the Rams. They lost to the Bengals. They beat oh my gosh, never mind. They they beat Detroit, and then Panthers, Jet, Giants, and Cards. Never mind. They ain't beating nobody either. I don't know. Maybe it's Dallas. How about Dallas at five? I don't know. Miami. Miami's beating nobody. They're all kind of the same there. And then I'm the same except for the top two. I've got San Francisco four, Baltimore three. I got Philly two, Kansas. I've been really reluctant to put Kansas City one all year long. Yeah, but man, yeah. that here's the deal: Are they as explosive on def on offense as they have been? No, I think getting Hardman back in Kansas City actually helps them more than you realize. Um, Kelsey can just get open, but but here's the thing: They don't have to be. Their defense is good. No, their defense is their good. Their defense and, is and, good. And Philly's defense got better. They got healthier with. Um, yeah, they had some uh, secondary guys hurt, and then Carter was back. What's his name? God, dang it, I should know his name. He's married to the Clinton girl. Oh, Slay. Slay getting Slay. him back. And he was an immediate impact getting back. Did you see that flop from Jalen Carter? No. We'll talk about it next. It's college football as well. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul jones drug and i promise we provide care you can trust the skinny on sports welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal wrapping up a paul jones drug tuesday hey convenience packaging we talk about it every week no longer do you have to fill your pill caddy and make sure you have every pill and every day of the week at the right dosage no 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 paul jones drug individually packages your daily medication all you have to do is open up the pack take your Take your uh, medication and move on down life's path. So convenient. That's why they call it convenience packaging. Durable medical equipment, which is your walkers, canes, crutches, etc. They accept most insurances. And also, don't forget about the gifts and the greeting cards. All kinds of cool stuff down there at Paul Jones Drug. Check them out. 809 North Main. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. How much are you enjoying what's happening in Hollywood right now, Jared? It's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Vindicating? Uh, satisfying? What, karma is finally 
setting in in the West Coast. I love it. I'm loving it. It's like I, I, I it's like we, you know, we, was, we told you, we told you, USC fans, you wanted to rub it in our face that you stole Lincoln Riley. You, you lured him away with, with Caleb Williams and all the great recruits following him. We told you what you were going to get. You were going to get bad defense. You're going to get no shows at press conferences. You're going to get limited player access. All of that, and you're going to get the product on the field. I love it. I'm 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 sitting back eating my popcorn, just like watching a Hollywood disaster flick. Yeah, it's it's everything that <clears throat> OU fans warned about with the issues that that were, were, everyone saw here. And it's just a, it's an absolute almost replay. The only difference is it's taken a year and a half instead of five. That's the only difference. Even down to the oh, I'm sick for this weekly press conference. I wonder who, I wonder exactly who he went and interviewed with. You know, what I mean? that's the only thing you can yeah, think of. Yeah, is it's got to be what's happening. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. Whatever. But still, it's. Uh, it's same song, second verse, for sure. We hit a little bit on the Caleb Williams stuff yesterday with Emmanuel Acho. What do you think the chances are that he actually shuts it down? I don't think he shuts it down. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, but maybe for the bowl game. Maybe for a, a bowl. Maybe for a bowl game. But here's why, and it's not for the reasons some people would think because he's a team player and wants to be there for his team. I think it's because he's afraid of what people would say about him. Like an ego thing. Like, I don't want to look bad. And you mentioned the NFL scouting thing. It, it would look bad in their eyes, too. But even, though, even though he's a short hit number one guy. You're yeah, I don't know if he would be if he did this, though. You think that would? That Gosh, would I, think it dep- not, I think it would at least put a seed I, of doubt. I, learned, I, I want to like Caleb Williams, okay? Even when he left, I understood why he left. I, I understand all that. I, I loved it when he was here for obvious reasons. Again, I, I want to like this guy, but it something really told me, and this is the coach speak coming out of me, after that game, his reaction on the bench. It yeah, spoke volumes to me. It really did. It really did. I'm like, get up. And I know, you just lost this. The season's done. You Two losses. Your playoff hopes are done. Your Heisman hopes are done. I get it. But get up and show your opponent respect. They whipped your butts. They, they not even whipped your butts. They went down on the last second drive and, and scored a field goal. Go shake hands. Yeah. It, it told me a lot. I just like, come on, quit sulking about it and get up and, and be a man. It just it spoke volumes to me. And I try to take the component of he left OU and he's wearing USC and he's yeah. doing I try to take that out of it. To I this really point, do. that's the only thing in my mind that he's done that was kind of like, ah. You know, but but that, we're not also not the NFL scouts. We're also not the GMs of these organizations. You know what I guarantee you what bothers some of them? The fingernails, the fingernails. And, and and not necessarily just the painting of the fingernails, but also the messages that are on them. Yo, yeah, right. Yeah, why is a coach allowing that? What? Because the coach doesn't have any control. No. Whatsoever. Um, man, Michigan. This is not good. This does not look good. With their staffer, their analyst going around for the last couple of years 
filming opponent signals and and, and during games. First off, and I didn't even really know this. I, I guess it makes sense with all the the tape that you can watch or whatever. But like you're prohibited from scouting, live in person scouting. Hmm. You're prohibited from doing that. And not only was that happening, but also some videoing of the opponent's signals. Is it too is it too easy to connect Michigan's newly found dominance of the Big Ten and Ohio State connect this directly to maybe the origins of this starting? Be a weird coincidence, wouldn't it? And what's sad is kind of like the Houston Astros thing. Do they even need it? Do they need to cheat? They look really good on on the field. Well, but but maybe they're looking good because they know exactly where to be. And yeah, the difference was the Astros are doing it without it. Yeah, and winning. Michigan wasn't. I think this is even worse than that because I think you can do, do, I think you can draw a direct line in the implementation of this scheme. With Michigan starting to win the Big Ten and beating Ohio State. How far up does it go? Oh, there's no way. that There's zero, zero, zero chance that Harbaugh can have plausible deniability about this. Oh, he will, though. There's no chance that can happen. Yo, this was just a staffer. I didn't know what he was doing. Do you think they'll really get on to him? Jim had an interesting take about this yesterday because what is the NCAA really doing right now? nothing is this their chance to kind of lash back out and try to try to throw some weight around like they still have some power by just hammering the university of michigan's football team possibly possibly using them as an example because we still have power i think so too i think he's right could michigan turn around go no you don't well we saw from the kansas deal whatever you do don't cooperate exactly Whatever you do, don't cooperate. Yeah, from the text line, Harbaugh will get the bill self treatment. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. I mean, yeah. that, just don't just don't cooperate with them. Oklahoma State cooperated with them over <laughs> nothing. Yep. And we saw how that worked out. Yep, they got hammered. Yep. Did Iowa get robbed? Uh, yes. Yes, they did. I think they did too. Yeah. Like Here, I said earlier, watching. Uh, in the with the naked eye, without any context, you, there's no nothing to indicate he's calling for a fair catch. Well, and they they did not but, they did yeah. not review that play. They reviewed that play to see if he stepped out of bounds. It had nothing to do with whether or not it's a fair catch or not. And then all of a sudden, this comes out. And then yesterday, PJ Fleck, come on, man, acting like oh yeah, that's the rule. Shut up. If that was the rule. He would have been going insane on the sideline because that play happened right in front of him. Instead, he had Surrender Cobra written all over his face because he just gave up a game-winning punt return with a minute left in a, in a game where his defense allowed two yards in the second half and he was going to lose. Don't tell me you knew what the rule was. Get out of here. Just be honest. Just be honest. We got one. And now every punt 
this season at every college football game, you're going to see the opposing coaches go, no, they got oh, fair yeah. catch. Yeah, exactly. Fair catch, he, he, mm-hmm. he flicked his pinky finger. Did you see that? And he in no way tried to call for a fair catch. He pointed with his right finger. He was almost trying to balance himself to get turned like with his arm out, not up. I mean, oh, my gosh. If I was Iowa, Iowa people, I would be upset. Mm-hmm. Very, very upset as a Hawkeye. Cause I mean, think about the legend of Cooper DeJean. If that's how, if that's how that game I ends know. in Iowa City. Right. Just ripped away from him. Yeah. All right, give me your top ten in college football this week. I got Utah at ten. They, they just – obviously last week was a – I don't even know if we're calling it a nice win anymore. USC is just charm and soft. But arguably the uh, one of the best – Game-ending drives next to OU's. That run by the quarterback was awesome, and they just continue to win without rising. They continue to do it. Defense is a big part of it. Look out for Bama. I have them at nine. I want to put them higher, but they still have that one loss. Utah – I'm sorry, uh, Texas at eight. Uh, They kind of got away with one in Houston with that spot of the ball and and all that stuff. And the big question for me is their quarterback. What's what's the quarterback situation going to look like moving forward for the next three or four weeks? OU, I dropped them down to seven. Um, they didn't look as sharp. Still hung on the win, still undefeated. They just got to find that run game. Up, bounced Oregon up to six. I think they've that was a nice bounce back win for them. Ohio State at five. Can they can they hang their hat on having the two best wins of the year with Notre Dame and Penn State? So far, I think so. Washington at four, just kind of holding pace. They had a little bit of a hangover, but still won. Uh, Florida State at three. They've barely struggled. Maybe at Clemson they did, but they got the win. And I like I watched a lot of that Duke game. Never once did I think Florida State was going to lose mm-hmm. that game. Mm-hmm. That they just were looked the better team on the field, and they proved it there in the fourth quarter. Michigan at two outside the scandal. Like I said earlier, I think they're still good skill wise. And Georgia, they just keep humming along. Number one. All right, I got Ole Miss at ten. Oregon State just behind them. I put Oregon nine, Bama eight. Texas 7, Washington 6, Sooners 5, Florida State 4, Ohio State 3, Michigan 2, and Georgia number 1. The uh, schedule for November the 4th in the SEC is out. It's going to be a doubleheader that day. The early game at 2.30 will be Mizzou at Georgia, and the nightcap will be LSU at Bama. If you're wondering about Bedlam, that same that's a huge day in college football, by the way. Holy Moses, there's games all over yeah. the place. Uh, you can go ahead. I, I don't even think pencil in. I think you can go ahead and write a magic marker down for Bedlam at 11 a.m. Yeah, I think so, too. Fox's choice, the other games they have a choice of, like Ohio, it's a Ohio State. It's it, it's by far the most attractive game if both teams win in, this in week. In that time slot. It's not even close. Yeah. And, and. Fox. Now, this could uh, – I mean, they, they love the big new kickoff. But you know what else could be happening that day on Fox? What? Game 7 of the World Series. Oh, that's right. That's right. And that would certainly be I in prime. I looked at schedule last night. <clears throat> yeah, that would certainly be in prime time. So, yeah. you can go ahead and book an 11 a.m. Bedlam, I think. Right. Up in Stillwater. Cool. Especially if both teams win this week. All right, thank you to Rodney and Paul Jones Drug. Every Tuesday is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Stay dry out there, Oklahoma. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. 
Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.